0: Warning, the following podcast contains foul language, sexual themes, and all sorts of other fun stuff. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Today, we have two very important matters to discuss, and one very unimportant matter. The first very important matter is that we have the specialist of special guests. (laughs) It is my lovely girlfriend, whom some of you know already, Steffi. Steffi? Hi. (laughs) She actually flies out in a few hours, but she's currently (laughs) here.
0: This is like the third episode we were supposed to record with Steffi. We kept having misfires where we were like, let's record. And then one of us was like, I'm sick. And then it just didn't happen. So we're really bringing it down to the wire.
1: We're like, we got to get this done. (laughs) Steffi's here. Uh, She told me previously that she does not know how much she'll talk. So she might just sit there quietly. We don't really know yet. But- If she does talk, uh, just know that she is nervous about the fact that she has a German accent. And so if you say anything mean uh, in response to her accent when the episode releases, I will find you and I will beat the shit out of you.
0: For legal reasons, that was a joke. Yes,
1: please.
2: (laughs) Nobody be afraid. I'm just a little nervous because this is kind of weird for me. I found the podcast last year and now I'm like, Hi, one of the hosts is my (laughs) girlfriend, and I'm recording with you.
0: Yeah, we literally wouldn't have a consistent schedule if it wasn't for Steffi tweeting a very sad gif at us, being like, you said you would post an episode. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And now, unfortunately, it's worked against the rest of the listeners, because now that she's my girlfriend, she's just more concerned with my health. And so when I'm like, I don't feel good. I don't want to record. She's just <laughs> like, you shouldn't do things.
2: <laughs> okay, but to be honest, if even if I wasn't your girlfriend, I would still be like, if you are not feeling well, you shouldn't record.
1: Ah, but so. the key was before you didn't know when that was the case.
2: That's true. You now know,
1: you it's,
0: it's really interesting that you have a German accent because you're not even from Germany. That's so crazy to me.
2: I mean, I am... Yeah, so the thing is, (laughs) my parents are Russian, but okay, to specify, my mother is Russian. My father is part of uh, the Russian-German culture, um, which is a very long history, but basically his family is historically German, but they moved to Russia in, I think it was the 19th century or something, but since they were Germans, all the Russian-Germans are allowed to go to Germany with no legal troubles or anything so they moved to Germany in I think it was 1993 or 4 I don't know Um, and I was born in Germany so I I'm mostly Russian but I was born and raised in Germany so (coughs) yeah (laughs) That was
0: a dumb joke, but thank you for your your the history lesson. I really appreciate it. I was just fucking around because I'm Yeah, I Yeah, I mean,
2: <laughs> I, mean I, I I thought to explain it because nobody would get it. But you're, like, you're not really German. And I'm like, um, I guess so. <laughs>
1: you imposter German.
0: Um, I'm I feeling never... really left out, guys. I'm the only one here who doesn't have a girlfriend. Well, you have a hospital. You have
1: your Disney girlfriend.
0: I do have my Disney girlfriend, <laughs> who probably wouldn't want me to call her my girlfriend on my podcast. Just my friend. I have a friend, a very good friend who works at Disney World, and I have a crush on her. But it's not a big deal. Shut I up. Call,
1: I call her Sarah's uh, Disney girlfriend or internet girlfriend.
0: Yes. Hi, Gina. You won't listen to this, but <laughs> hi anyway. <laughs>
1: Now, on to important matter number two. Sarah, do you have any feelings about 9-11 at the moment? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was drinking alcohol when you asked that question. The answer is yes. Why?
1: There's just these, there's a lot of uh, current news related. <laughs> To, uh, to 9-11 right so, now. So, like,
0: <laughs> for those of you who are unaware, which I don't know fucking how you could be. Granted, I'm an American, so, like, I only know about American things. That's a lie. I know about global issues. But, um, so the U.S. just recently made the move to pull out of Afghanistan after occupying the country for, like, 20 years. Um, and there's a lot of fallout that is happening right now. And, um, it's a very, very complicated issue. I'm not going to try to boil it down to, like, one thing or the other. But the U.S. government created the Taliban and funded their efforts. And when they realized that they weren't going to be useful for them anymore, that they couldn't be controlled, it turned into a war against the Taliban. (laughs) And, um... Now, the Taliban is taking over uh, Afghanistan, which is obviously, like, a problem. I I will not sit here and say that it's not a problem. But, like, it, the the biggest issue that we're looking at right now is that, I mean, at least as far as, like, the American side of the issue, is that, like, people are acting like it was a bad idea to pull out of Afghanistan. And it's not. Like literally strictly speaking, we shouldn't have been there in the first place. um <clears throat> the this whole war that we were in was started as like this like faux forever war that was never gonna end well. um shouldn't have been in Afghanistan, shouldn't have been in Iraq, shouldn't have been in Iran. It's a very, very long sequence of events, but long story short, um, fuck George W. Bush. <laughs> no i'm gonna i'm gonna walk that back a little bit he's not great but fuck dick cheney way fuck more dick than,
1: cheney fuck
0: dick cheney way more than george w bush i will always believe that w is just a little too simple uh to really understand the like proclivity of what he was doing in 2001 and he was responding in an emotional way that a lot of people really wanted him to respond and it sucks what happened everything sucks I'm not one of those people who like wants to downplay the tragedy of 9-11 in fact I care very very much about what happened on that day but it was handled afterward very poorly and now we're facing the fallout of that thing this is the longest war that america has ever been involved in um not counting vietnam because that wasn't a war um and it's a- about fucking time that we put it to rest like it needed to be ended we were doing nothing but meddling in foreign affairs to pad the wallets of people like dick cheney in the oil industry so you know i guess that's my thoughts on the matter for it's, now
1: uh... <laughs> The, the way I've heard it, the best time to pull out of Afghanistan was before we got there. Yeah, absolutely. The second best time is right now.
0: Yes. Just anytime. Anytime. Literally anytime. It's people... Well, I, I sent my dad this article the other day that I read that I really loved, um, and it was drawing parallels between what's going on right now and what happened during the fall of Saigon at the end of the Vietnam War. Armed conflict. Um... Because once we pulled out of Vietnam, because the war was a losing war, um, there was a lot of fallout. There were a lot of problems because there it was a war, a, a country that was both at war with itself and with us. So like the there was never going to be, like, an easy out for any of us. And I I actually really hate the way that the, the news is playing it right now because there's a lot of headlines that are just, like, Afghani women and children are in desperate need of assistance right now. And it's, like, you're playing this, like, only now the women and children need help. Like, only now should we be having an issue. And it's because we're pulling out right now, so a lot of people have issue. But what the- were we
1: supposed to do? Is stay there forever? And no. Like, we. The problem is, Afghanistan doesn't view itself as a unified country. Yes. And none of the people, the military that we trained to help them remain a Uf- unified country, didn't want to fight to maintain that. So, the only way to maintain that is if. American troops stay and forcibly maintain it as a country and that causes yeah like, like we
0: it's the imperialism situation have,
1: yeah like, framed
0: as being humanitarianism
1: Afghanistan's situation <laughs> is really bad but Having soldiers there isn't going to allow us to fix anything we didn't fix the last 20 years we were there. Yeah.
0: The biggest thing about the Middle Eastern conflict as a whole is that it was, like, bought and sold by Americans. Like, this whole thing was created because of the oil wars. And the a lot of people like to view it as, like, oh, the Afghani people are, like, killing each other, so we need to step in and stop it. Which... Look, I'm not saying that we should allow innocent people to die, but I'm also saying it's none of our business what other countries are doing when they are at war with each other. If there is an easy solution to stopping mass conflict, such as saying like, hey, if this conflict were to arise, we would step in, then sure. But like, I... I There is no simple conflict when it comes to wars, especially wars that have been fought for a very, very long time. I was having this conversation with someone the other day about the Irani and uh, Iraqi conflict that has, sorry, Iraqi. I've, you know, I'm American, so I'm used to saying Iraq and Iran, which are not correct.
1: Iraq, Um, Iran.
0: Yeah. Iraq and Iran have historically not gotten along with each other um, for a very, very long time. Um, And... There is no simple solution. There is no way for one ruling body to come in and say, hey, you need to get along. That's not the way it works. There there have been so many wars that have been fought over the past thousand years that go on for years and years and years, and there's no simple solution to ending it, especially not just like being violent and occupying foreign territories.
1: Oftentimes the only solution to a conflict like this is literally eradicating an entire side And that has a whole lot of bad humanitarian implications of its own.
0: Exactly. The Um, only
1: option, the only way to stop the Taliban from taking over in Afghanistan would be to find every single member of the Taliban and kill them. Yeah. And then you're just going to radicalize other people in the process.
0: Exactly. And the thing about it is, is it's not like there haven't been efforts to, this is going on very long, but, and I don't want to go on about it too much um you know as as most people know my background is in history and sociology specifically like political science and um social inequalities and stuff like that so i have a lot of thoughts and feelings as far as like war and uh imperialism and stuff like that goes um but a long long story short we should have been out of afghanistan before we arrived you know but it it that's not the way it happened. And every president since Bush, including Bush, has had the opportunity to pull out of Afghanistan, to pull out of the Middle East and put an end to the war on terror. But none of them have. And now that Biden has chosen to do it, it's his fault that this fallout is happening. Sorry, I'm not saying it's his fault. I'm saying that's how the media is framing it.
1: Now we get to the fun part, which is all the conservatives who previously supported it pretending that they didn't and that it's Biden's fault, despite the fact that Mike Pompeo was the one who arranged the peace deal with the Taliban.
0: I fucking love the way you just said that name. Pompeo? Yeah. Pompeo.
1: Oh, it's Pompeo? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't think I've ever actually heard it pronounced out loud. (laughs) I've just thought it was Pompeo this whole time. It's okay.
0: I will always know him as Pompeo now. Um, (laughs) That's fantastic. That sounds like a Studio Ghibli character. (laughs) Noah Cyrus is Pompeo. (laughs) I'm so sorry. We brought our friend from Germany onto our podcast and then immediately started talking about American political affairs.
2: Okay to be honest I mean it's not as if Germany isn't involved in a lot of it because I mean we also were in Afghanistan and also pulled out our soldiers just this year so and for me it's always very um, hard because I I tend to not take news like this very well I get very like um, like there's this term Weltschmerz uh, in German and I think also the English uh, people use it as well which is basically like when bad stuff happens in the world you are like, okay, I want not to live in this world anymore because it's too bad. And especially for me, I um for a part of my life, I grew up in foster care. I left my parents when I was 15 and in my foster home, there were a lot of Afghan refugees as well and of course we talk about a lot of stuff in foster homes and of course they told me about stuff that taliban did to their families and why they ended up in germany without their families because they either had to leave them behind or the family died or uh, or got murdered uh, better to say so it's always like i feel emotionally very i have an emotional pain but i also know that that the stuff you said is correct, of course, also Germany should have never been there. So I can logically, I cannot argue with that, but yeah. it's like, yeah, I mean, it's it's just so terrible because um, when you are a person, I mean, I include you two there as well, who is empathetic, but also can think rationally, That that's just like um, a struggle there, so.
0: Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, The only thing we can't, like, logically, staying there wasn't going to help anything in the end. The only thing we can do is do our best to ensure that we are open to refugees from yeah. this area that we went into and ravaged yeah, for two yeah, decades absolutely. <laughs> and, and,
2: and that's the point because in germany now on twitter there is this whole discussion because uh we in germany had a lot of refugees coming from syria in 2015 and now uh conservative politicians are like okay we cannot have another 2015 because the thing is in germany we have elections this year for chancellor so Everybody is trying to position themselves to appear good in front of the people who will vote in a couple of weeks. So the conservatives are like, okay, we cannot have another 2015. We will not take any refugees. And then there was a huge shitstorm on one of these politicians. And now he's like, okay, but we have to save the women and the children and everything. So, (sighs) yeah. It's
1: it's the... and now in America it's different because America, every single party except for the progressives, are right leaning or far right. Yeah. And only for the sure. progressives are left. But in general, it's really it's people that lean conservative that are the ones in favor of us having occupied this region previously and are also the ones saying, Let's not do anything about the aftermath when we decide to pull out and just abandon everybody.
0: Yeah. Um, I was on the phone with my dad and I was, and, uh, I, this is not any hate against my dad. He's learning. Okay. Um, but he was like, I'll never forget this. I think it was a line from a movie or something that was like, Um, talking. It was a a, an American soldier talking to like an a a Middle Eastern man. Don't know what the context was, Um, but he was like, "If it wasn't for us, then you guys would be sitting in the sand eating dirt or something like that." And it's um, and he, my dad was like, "I can't help but think about that every time we talk about stuff like this." And I was like, "Dad, are you saying that in order to be a good and wonderful place to live?" every culture in the world has to adopt western values and industrialism and he was like well i guess not and i was like you know who the happiest people on earth are the uncontacted tribes on the islands off the coast of africa who have never been bothered by the rest of us Because they get to live their lives and they get to preserve their culture and they get to understand the world exactly the way they want to. They don't have outside pressures. They don't have other people forcing their way of life onto them. If we had never gone into the Middle East, maybe they wouldn't have these technological advances. But is that necessarily a bad thing?
1: We did perpetuate a whole lot of... uh... Okay, so given it's an area that is very predominantly uh, ruled by religious conservatism, um, that's the kind of thing that takes a very long time to get rid of, yeah, in a culture. But all we did was make it worse.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Everything we did was just making it a whole lot worse. So at this point, my stance is pretty much just we need to open up our borders to refugees. Um there we're fucking swimming in undeveloped land in this country. So like and I'm not just talking about like deserts where nobody can live. I'm talking like thousands and thousands of acres of land in the like the middle of
1: nowhere of the west yeah. is unsettled <laughs> outside just no of one like out there. so there's like there's california arizona washington yeah. <laughs>
0: it's not like we don't have any room we could make fucking room allow people create communities like make refugee centers it's not hard it's yeah, I just like, I'm tired of the conflict in the Middle East. And I know that sounds so uh American of me, but it's like, it was wrong for us to be there. It was wrong for the politicians when 9-11 happened to frame this as something that could be combated as simply as invading a country. Don't even get me started on the the Iraq invasion back in like 2002 and how morally corrupt that entire situation was considering not a single one of the 19 terrorists who attacked on 9-11 was from Iraq. 14 of them were from Saudi Arabia. And we never even invaded Saudi Arabia. Not that we should have. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, why did we go to Iraq? Iraq had nothing to do with 9-11. Ah, anyway. Ah. <laughs> Emmy, you got me down this road.
1: I knew this would happen. <laughs>
0: I, you know, I don't mind. I like having these constructive conversations in front of our audience because I feel like we can't just be stupid jokes and drinking every time Iggy is blind. We have to show people that we care about the world at large because we do a lot. That's why we decided to make this show was because we were having a lot of really poignant commentary about Twilight and the way that it affected the world at large. So like, yeah. We have a lot of thoughts and a lot of feelings, and it's fun to talk about. I have
1: feelings!
0: Yes! And also, now having Steffi here, look,
2: it added even
0: more commentary.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I still have a lot of thoughts, because I keep thinking, like, Afghanistan was doing well in the 19th century, and then it was also the war with the Soviet Union and stuff. There's so much that could be added to this conversation. But, I mean, yeah. Now I'm here.
1: (laughs) It's, It's really easy to just say brown people bad cause different invade their country. And unfortunately that worked on a lot of people.
0: I hope no one isolates that clip. (laughs) Because obviously that's not the way we feel. (laughs) For for social reasons, that was a joke.
1: That wasn't a joke. That was an accurate portrayal of what people that don't think like us feel.
0: (laughs) Obviously, we love everyone, no matter their skin no. color or their no. culture. Okay. I do not love okay. everyone. We don't love Republicans.
2: <laughs> hey, I, I'm here with a visa. I don't want to get thrown out of the country before the uni starts, okay? <laughs> um, For deportation reasons, that was a
1: joke. <laughs> don't worry, Steffi. We'll get you your green card. You'll be okay.
2: Don't say it in the podcast. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) All right.
1: Okay. Now, on to with a short, uh, oh, God, I can't remember the word for it. Uh, What's that thing when you have a message at the beginning? A PSA? A quick PSA. That uh, there will not be much drinking because, as it turns out, (laughs) in the final... Fifth of this book, for some reason, Iggy isn't really blind. Yeah, uh, he's despite the fact that they mention (laughs) it constantly in the rest of the book.
0: I have an angry orchard. Um, I did note a couple of times when she said Iggy was blind. Um, but you know, other than that, I'm hoping that at the beginning of the next book, James Patterson will be like, we have to remind them that he's blind (laughs) so that my drinking game can stand. Um, otherwise go back and read the first book and just drink every time is Iggy is blind and let us know, uh, what your hospital bills look like because
1: (laughs) this is America. (laughs) Hey, and those of you who are not in America, let us know what your hospital bills look like so we can feel deep shame and hatred for our country.
0: Well, if they live in the country where, uh, they are seeking medical attention, it's probably not a bill. (laughs) Probably exactly, nothing. It's I have a zero dollar bill. <laughs> I have a friend who visited uh Paris, and she had to get like six stitches on her hand or something like that, and she said she got a bill for like fourteen dollars. <laughs> and I say she got a bill; they they charged her fourteen dollars while she was there. They were like, "Hey, so it's gonna be uh about fourteen dollars because you don't have you know the health like health care through what through fucking being in Paris." And she was like, "I." I can handle that. It's about $2 two <laughs> per stitch.
1: Apparently saline at hospitals is like $2,000 a bag here.
0: Yep. As well, someone I'm... who has had a lot of saline drips.
1: <laughs> oh. Why? I'm
2: very happy that I have health insurance here. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> oh my God. my if I have health insurance, but if I go to the emergency room, it's $400 out of pocket.
2: Yeah, I don't pay anything for hospital visits or anything like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, I mean, that was a requirement from the university I'm going to. And they were like, okay, hey, so you have to have an insurance that covers this and that. And Yeah. Yeah, so.
0: Well, I'm happy for you, <laughs> Steffi. I hope you get sick a lot so that you get- Oh, my God. <laughs> oh,
1: what? <laughs> so no. So that you get to use your health insurance. <laughs> That <laughs> that I not wish that on my girlfriend
0: It was a joke It was a joke Thanks. God Thanks, for health Sarah. insurance reasons that was a joke <laughs> Sarah said that
2: because My cake was disappointing
0: <laughs> The filling was really good
2: Okay yeah. I was very disappointed I, I didn't say anything for a week And then I was to Emmy like Hey I think nobody liked my cake But I also didn't like it <laughs> I felt a little bad because I had cut us all massive
0: pieces (laughs) anticipating it to be chef's kiss. It was not terrible.
2: It just wasn't. I was very disappointed in myself (laughs) because I was talking about me making cake for so long and then I was like, okay, this is because I, I, I I don't want to brag, but I think I can bake really well. Yeah. My friends laugh when I bake cake for them and. I was baking here, and everything was different, and I had a nervous breakdown in Walmart with Abby. (laughs) (laughs) And and then I spent hours with baking this cake, and then I was like, okay, this cake is terrible. (laughs) Let
1: me tell you, Steffi, in the three weeks we've been together, we have only had one disagreement really and it was in that walmart while she was trying to find ingredients for this cake trying to figure out what the fuck the american equivalents are for the ingredients that she normally uses especially because she's vegan so she's making a vegan cake
0: yeah she couldn't just like grab a box and then just like throw together a cake it she was she was like really baking this whole cake and look it even if it didn't taste that great and if it was kind of chewy it was beautifully made like (laughs) the 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 logo on the top was so cute and the fondant was was okay and i usually hate fondant so
2: (laughs) yeah i will have to i mean my roommate is arriving in the u.s today in the evening i will also go to my school place uh, today in the evening and I already told him like I will bake so many cakes because I have to figure out how to make cake here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, um yeah, I think that about wraps up
1: the intro, the intro. <laughs> 30 now minutes on in to the unimportant part of the episode that I mentioned, which is talking about the book.
0: Okay. <laughs> Now, I quick question, Steffi. I know that you had bought the book. Did you Did you read it all the way through? Are you aware? Yes. Okay, I'm just yes. making sure. I'm just. She finished
1: you, it before I did.
0: Okay. Yes. the The past few weeks have been hectic. I just didn't know if you had actually read them all. So I'm glad.
2: I mean, I haven't read them all. I just read along with you two. <laughs> yeah. So that I I'm always up to date. What's happening? And Good. this book is wild
0: (laughs) now okay this is a weird question yes is there a german translation of this book or did you just read it in english there
2: is a german translation but i read it in english okay okay i've been reading english stuff for a lot of years now so
0: yeah oh you know i just did it's it would probably be just like less annoying for you to read it in german so i just didn't know
2: oh no i think it would be equally annoying
0: (laughs) Is it because James Patterson's writing is really annoying?
2: Yeah, I, I was talking to Emmy about it because this book... So the writing is bad, but the story is also bad. So, so there's nothing where you can be like, okay, but this is good. And especially the science parts kill me because I'm a scientist. And I mean, I'm still studying, but I'm in my last year of my biochemistry degree and I will try to get a PhD spot and everything. So I think I'm a scientist and the science parts are like, what the hell james patterson please don't so how do you feel about them being 98
0: percent human and only two percent bird
2: yes i
0: I,
1: (laughs) yes i don't
0: have any words for my feelings (laughs) (laughs) okay okay the only thing i'll give to this book is that sometimes the characters are really funny
2: That's true. Yeah, you can read it as a comedy. Yeah, sometimes.
1: 80% of the time it's just cringe.
0: Anytime Iggy is just an asshole, I'm like, you know what, Ig? I got you. I got you. I'd be an asshole
1: too in this.
0: Yeah, if I had to deal with Max's bullshit all the fucking time, I would be an asshole too. If I had to deal with her constantly being like, Iggy, you're blind. (laughs) Do
1: you think she just goes like every morning when they were living together, she would just go in and just poke him in the shoulder, wait for him to groggily open his unseeing eyes and just be like, hey, Iggy, you're blind.
0: I do think that she, because like she did earlier in the book a a couple of times be like, she would remind him out loud, like, Iggy, you can't do things. You're blind. (laughs) And it's like, he knows, bitch, he knows.
1: He's like, guys, I'm gonna go for a walk. Iggy, you can't go for a walk. You're blind. God. I I can just
0: hold my hands out in front of me. Like, I, I promise I'll be okay. I, I don't understand why you have to act like this.
1: You're blind! <laughs> Sit in your bed!
0: <laughs> All right. Chapter 103, Emmy.
1: The flock returns to Central Park, and Gazzy finds a very fancy restaurant for them. All the employees are... Very suspicious. And honestly, I, okay. Having worked in the service industry before, on the one hand, I'm like, I can see the waiter being weird about it. Cause he's probably thinking working at this fancy restaurant. What about my tip tip? Yeah. Give me that money. Uh, dollar dollar bills y'all. However, most of the time in the service industry, Anyone who isn't in management doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. They just are going to let you do you as long as you don't cause them personally a problem. So the fact that everyone in this restaurant is like, what's up with these six kids without parents in this fancy restaurant? It's like, no. They would just be like, here's your seat. Here's your fucking bread and olive oil.
0: Yeah. Also, the, (laughs) um, the quote unquote fancy restaurant that they go to it's like a medieval times. Like, it's literally just like a fantasy. It's like got two sides, right? Like one side is like all Ooh. castle-y themed. One side, oh, there's one side that's like a rainforest. And then I don't remember what the third one is. So I'm going to say, um, I'm going to canonize that it's an Among Us theme restaurant. It's just like a spaceship. And um, occasionally one of the servers will try to murder you. And it does not sound fancy at all. Like it sounds stupid. Like I mean, it doesn't sound stupid. It just sounds like a gimmick. Like a, or, uh, like I said, like a medieval times. Like you go there just to like eat with your hands and say, "Oh, top of the boarded, milady." I don't know why I was Irish there, but you know what I mean. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a very weird situation they're in. Yeah, and, uh, I don't understand
0: this- why they chose like what they were like. Let's go to a fancy place. I was expecting them to choose like a French restaurant or like maybe a nice they, steakhouse.
1: To them, it's fancy because it's so like extra
0: fucking booby. Like it sounds like a rainforest cafe. Like you can just go to the rainforest cafe. There's like some fake frogs. They play like monkey sounds. <laughs> Steffi, I'm so sorry.
1: <laughs> she has already gotten on board with the singing thing. Okay. Uh, multiple times in the past couple of days, she has just started singing lyrics relevant to something happening or that's been said.
0: Wow, she's
2: on the level. We <laughs> okay, but... In- But that's not something... Usually my brain goes there, but I wouldn't vocalize it because I have issues with (laughs) singing out loud, so... Yeah, but Emmy sings all the time, so
0: it's okay. It's rubbing off. Yeah, it's okay. Brandon does that too. Like, he used to not sing at all, but now he'll, like... He does it goofily, but he'll sing along to things and stuff because I just sing constantly, so...
1: I mean, I feel like it's hard to not get into it after she had to listen to literally a table of five people playing D&D around her a couple weeks ago break into unison singing.
0: (laughs) That is a good point. What were we singing? What song was it? I don't
1: remember. Oh, it was uh, Katy Perry. Jar of Hearts. No, yeah, it, it was Christina Perry christina perry and jar we're of singing
0: hearts. jar we all started singing jar of hearts and we just kept yeah. going it's not like our group is not some like a group that half-asses things once we start singing we stop like we don't stop until someone is like okay guys shut up and then even then we might still keep going <laughs> but yeah it did
1: fade and i think at one point it was just me and alex that kept it going
0: I you know what I've been thinking this whole time that they've been in New York is like this is all happening right down the street from where Emmy bleached Carnegie Hall <laughs> Like, can you imagine if these were, like, on the same timeline and you were just, like, vomiting backstage (laughs) at Carnegie Hall? And I was like, Emmy, look at this news article about these kids. Isn't this crazy? Like, what would be the more pressing issue for you? The fact that they were people flying with wings on their backs or the fact that, like, you were vomiting up street food?
1: considering i could barely function for days uh (laughs) i don't think i would have the capability to worry any about anything other than my bleaching of carnegie hall
0: i like to think that you would have been like oh that's crazy and then like a few days later i'd be like yeah they still haven't found those bird kids and you'd be like they still haven't what (laughs) (laughs) what are you talking about what are you on about mate anyway (laughs)
1: Anyways, so yeah, uh, chapter 103 ends with the server being really weird about how much food they ordered. And that is the only understandable weird uh, service industry worker in this section, because obviously he doesn't want to get fucked on his tip. Yeah. Just the tip. What are you staring at? Me? Yeah.
0: Oh, I have a drawing of my D&D character up on my wall, and she's got really nice thighs.
1: (laughs) Chapter 104, <laughs> they're confronted by the manager who tells them they aren't welcome and calls for security to toss them out. Angel reads the waiter's mind and informs the manager that the waiter thinks he's a dick and a himbo.
0: So, okay, are are you like me and did you think himbo was a new word?
1: I thought it was like the past decade, maybe.
0: okay. 1988 was the first use of the word himbo, and that blew my mind. It's existed our entire lives, and we were only blessed with it in the past, like, three years.
1: Why? Why did we have to wait so long for himbo?
0: Though I think, in this case, it's used as an insult, whereas now, I would assume... That it's a compliment if you call someone a himbo you're like hey you're really hot and nice to women but you're not that bright but like you're really hot and nice to women so like
1: and honestly being hot and nice to women is better than being super smart
0: true absolutely true i would much rather be with someone who's really hot and really nice than someone who is smart there's like a there's like a, there's like a pyramid of like good traits that's like smart, hot and nice. And like it's, you know, you got to have Most nice. of the
1: time you only get two.
0: Most of the time you only get two.
1: Sometimes I wound you up get three.
0: I wound up with nice and smart and
1: <laughs> Are you calling Brandon not attractive? <laughs>
0: No, I would never. I would never. It's a joke. It's a joke. He's got all three. He's the whole package. He's very attractive. For marriage reasons, that was a joke. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, he won't hear this. It's okay. He doesn't listen. No, he doesn't. I do the editing. I don't know if anyone knows this, but I do all the editing these days because uh, he's really busy with work, and so uh, he doesn't. He has no idea what goes on in this show. So many of the inside jokes that we talk about, like when we're actually together in person, he'll just like stare at us, like "What are you what are talking we- about?" And I'm like, "It's Carlisle's bag of morals, Brandon. Get on the level. Let's go."
1: What are the eggs for?
0: <laughs> That's what the eggs are for. Anyway. Um, so chapter 105, there are a ton of police officers, a fucking hilarious amount of police officers Look, surrounding this restaurant.
1: I lived in New York. You are not getting that many police officers together in New York for another terrorist attack.
0: <laughs> yeah. Not even like, it's just some kids who they think might be runaways and they have no evidence of the fact that they're runaways. So tell me how- you They're not can- even-
1: i was gonna say they're not even black but i forgot
0: that nudge is black
1: nudge is black
0: so like what are the police officers doing there are they going to arrest nudge for making obscene hand gestures <laughs> i'm sorry that's a socio-political commentary on the state of the police system in our country uh a cab anyway um so they try to get the flock to go with them to the station for some reason. Um, so Fang recommends that they up and away out of the restaurant um, and they escape through a they once again shatter a window with the force of their bodies alone Ooh. flying straight up like fucking cannons fired at the ceiling they, and the best part is she even describes the fact that when they go up through the window they have to like tuck their wings in and like go you have to build up a lot of momentum to just be able to just like they're going straight up
1: nosedive vertically Uh,
0: like up into the sky like i there is something else going on
2: here steffi do you have a science opinion as to how this is possible I, this is, I think, scientifically, like, they they should have been, like, shot with a cannon through the window to <laughs> actually be able to do that. It, it doesn't make any sense. And I, and I was just, like, heavily confused because I was like, you were trying to go undercover for so long and now you are deciding to fly through windows and whatnot. I, I was like, I don't think that these people would do that. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. They were trying to be super
0: secretive for so long. Like, to the point of, like, in the McDonald's or whatever, they, like, ran out the emergency. Yeah. And they, like... And they're in a restaurant, so, like, the restaurant has windows, right? Why would they not just, like, shatter a window and, and like, run out that way? We already know that they can run faster than a grown man. I'm sorry. We already know that they can run faster than Simone Biles. So, like, why why would they not just do that? Why would they fly up through a window in the ceiling? They don't open the window. Fang shatters it as he flies out of the window.
1: For some reason, all I can think about is us watching Korra and the section where they're on the boat and need to take off in Barrack's plane from the boat. (laughs) Yeah. And Steffi just got really upset and confused because instead of using like water bending to make an ice runway for the plane or airbending to help the plane get lift and fly they used firebending to launch the plane into the air and propulse it forward (laughs) and she's like that doesn't make any sense
2: (laughs) 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 yeah i get uh, these little details are always uh killing me because i'm like this Scientifically doesn't make any sense.
0: (laughs) I don't understand the science most of the time. I can usually pinpoint when something is like really wrong. Like I'll be like, I feel like scientifically speaking, no. But also I don't have the background understanding to really refute this. But you know what? Here we are with a whole ass scientist.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And that tells you something. Because if you can't pinpoint it and we pinpointed it so often in our books, That we're reading. The science must be really bad. Well,
0: I mean, why can't vampires cry? Oh, please don't start with that. <laughs> if Edward can come, why can't vampires cry? Stephanie
2: Meyer, explain. Listen, when I was a teen and I read Twilight, and I mean, I was a huge fan of Twilight, but I was still sitting there and like. This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Edward well, should ha- have not been able to have sperm. This is not okay. And I was going into fan forums and writing like, this does not make sense, people. He shouldn't even have an erection. He doesn't have blood. Oh my god. Yes. Oh
0: my god. Thank
1: you. You're my girlfriend. <laughs>
0: i just imagining, like, young Steffi, like, on a Twilight fan forum, like, Guys, this is just inaccurate! <laughs> How does he have an erection? <laughs> there shouldn't be any blood in his penis! <gasps> I'm sorry. I love it. I love that. Because I was thinking the same thing, but, like, as an adult. When I was, like, 13, I wasn't thinking about it at all. <laughs> Alright, so, um... Chapter 106, the flock lands in a tree to regroup, and suddenly they're surrounded by erasers, one of which being Ari, who reveals he's pissed off that his dad took the flock away from the school and abandoned him. Understandable.
1: Yeah, that was like- (laughs) what?
0: (laughs) He taunts Angel with Celeste, but Angel compels him to give her the bear and makes it out unharmed, once again showing that James Patterson has, like, no concept of, like, active motion. Because, like, how did she move that fast? There were, like, 30 erasers. Then the erasers leave because Ari says, quote unquote, the director wants to speak with them.
1: So, up until now, did everyone else just think that when Jeb disappeared, he happened to have Ari with him and that Ari had lived in them with, with them in the house and didn't understand that he had actually been abandoned at the school the entire time Jeb was off with the flock.
0: So, um, no, I didn't think that, but I also read these books 12 years ago, so... Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> but also, like, I always got the impression... I think I remember that I always got the impression that Jeb had left Ari there because he, like, ran away with only the flock. And I always got the impression that that's why Ari hated them. And so when this reveal happened at the end, I was like, oh, okay, it makes sense now. I understand. But no, I get where you could have that impression because it was never explained that Ari stayed at the school while Jeb ran away with the bird kids for two fucking years.
2: Yeah because, yeah, because to be honest, I was under the impression that Ari was with them okay. the whole time. But I, I always hmm. don't know if I just uh, didn't read it correctly because English is not my mother tongue or something. So I don't know. But I was heavily under the impression that Ari, Ari was, was with, with Jab and the flock.
0: I, yeah, no, I, I totally understand how it it would make sense that way. And maybe that is supposed to be a reveal, like oh, he was left at the school that whole time um but it's in this part right where they talk about how he was not an eraser from birth yeah okay um then we'll get there um but yeah because that i remember that part always i don't know i liked i liked (laughs) this one detail that james patterson had included because they so they talk about how um Earlier in the book, they talked about how one of the erasers suddenly died, and Fang looked at the back of his neck and was like, oh, he's five, so that makes sense. The implication there being that all erasers die when they turn five years old. Um, Which is troubling considering we know that they start off as babies and then they grow into these giant men who look like supermodels and are like flirting with people to get their way but they're like only five years old (laughs) or like not even five years old they're like two three four years old
1: i think the only way to uh to get around it is to just be like accelerated growth rate means accelerated mental and
0: yeah i can accept that Especially because it's like if you just consider them as like an entirely different species from yeah everyone else, you know. It's, I,
1: I, and you can't even try and get that deep into this book because it's not like the erasers as of yet are like. There's nothing where it's like race eraser romance, so we need to try and yeah. dig into the moral quandaries. Don't worry, that NMZ. doesn't happen. <laughs> have, yeah, so just have like... no fear
0: that will not be an issue that we'll have to overcome somehow james patterson uh did all this other fucky wucky stuff but he did not do the pedophilia thing so i guess points to stephanie meyer for being the one who did
1: amazing skills
0: um anyway that's the end of chapter 106 chapter 107
1: the flock retreats to the upper floor of an apartment building that's under construction so they can hide out while Max worries about what's happening to angel, the voice returns and tells her that she can't control everything and she can't control anything outside of herself and she really just needs to focus on that on her on what she can control and that's a lesson we can all learn, uh, but then he says it's time to learn and she falls asleep
0: yeah, she like forcibly falls asleep as though the voice has
1: put her to sleep put her to sleep. And tells her it's time to learn, though she doesn't.
0: Which is a new ability.
1: It also, we don't see what happens, and she doesn't talk about it once she wakes up. There's no like memory of the dreams or anything or what she learned. Yeah. It's, it's uh.
0: There's it's a, a lot choice. of stuff about this uh, voice thing that doesn't make any sense, especially when you find out what the fuck it is. Um. Her conscience! Like, remember the Ouija board thing? And I was like, hey, don't get your hopes up. Yeah. (laughs) Because it will never come up again. Yeah. (laughs) Uh. Chapter 108.
1: Chapter 108. The others have breakfast and newspapers for Max when she wakes up. The papers obviously have stories about the little incident in the restaurant. And they also seem to think that it was some stage stunt. Which makes sense because that's a lot more reasonable than bird people existing. <laughs> um, and then Max gets unreasonably upset at Fang for not using proper full sentences and calls him Tonto. Just a uh, we we were really lacking some some form of racist reference towards indigenous people in this book so far. So we just had to get one in there right before the end.
0: Apparently. Um, Also, Fang spoke two entire sentences.
1: Yeah. It's not that he was like, it's that he didn't speak proper sentences. So instead of being like, I went down to the store yesterday and grabbed you six bottles of Coke. He's like, like,
0: went to the store. Got went to the Coke. store and
1: got you six Cokes.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, he, it's when I read that, when she was like, could we use full sentences? I was like, he usually speaks in single word phrases. So like, why are you upset at him for like speaking an eight word sentence? That is like, I guess it's like went to the store is one of the sentences. And so I guess instead of saying I went to the store or whatever, he's just like went to the store.
1: Which is a completely normal thing to say. Yes. (laughs) Anyways, the flock talks about needing disguises. Chapter, wait. It's mine. That's yours. It is. Do your job.
0: I (gasps) am. You started to do my job for me. So when the flock goes out to get some food that afternoon, they're stopped by a man outside of a storefront that's offering free makeovers. Max decides it would be a great way to make them unrecognizable and agrees
1: fun fact i did this when i was younger
0: yeah well you a lot of times if you go to like um fashion institutes or like um like hair like beauty schools and stuff you can get free haircuts and stuff because they're they're, gonna be bad
1: depending on the person like some people who are in schools doing that stuff already like know a lot about how to do it and have been doing it for years just don't have aren't professionally licensed yeah so So. hey
0: hot tip if you really are trying to get a job and you feel like you need a haircut before your interview um i mean a you could just shave your head because like that's always an option or b just like find a a beauty school nearby and just like pop by and see if they'll do uh, a free haircut for you tips from us
1: (laughs) Pro tips. We'll be back. Yeah, oddly the more enough, pro the like tips. three
0: makeovers that Max and the group get are um, are like it's like one of the most realistic things that's happened.
1: Yeah, no, I was just like, I wonder if anyone thinks this is weird because it's not.
0: Nope, <laughs> it's totally normal. Oh, I think Iggy gets an earring though, and yeah, and I was like, I was like, I'm not gonna lie, boys with earrings are really cute. I could see why thirteen year old me liked Iggy so much. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what? Chapter 110.
0: <laughs> uh the gang has all new looks and they buy some new clothes at a secondhand shop. Once they're done shopping, they head to a little park and take off.
1: What a roller coaster. I
0: know. What a really intense scene. It's like the the entire book is just like really mundane normal scenes like intermixed with things that have an unbelievable amount of action.
1: And An unbelievable amount of tension, but it does, you don't really feel the tension. You know that, like, there's inherently supposed to be tension built into it, but there's just not. Yeah. You don't feel it. You feel the absence of what should be there. God. Chapter 111 The flock finds a nice beach to hide at. And the voice talks to Max again as she falls asleep, telling her it's time to learn again. What
0: is she learning? How to take Ambien? <laughs> Honestly, maybe she'd be less of a bitch if she took some Ambien every now and then.
1: Hey, hey, no, that's the Dayquil. Right there. Yeah, that's the night quill. Take some of that. Take
0: some of that. Go the Mix fuck some, to sleep.
1: Put some water in that Robitussin. <laughs>
0: For drug and alcohol reasons. That was a joke. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway. Chapter 112. The flock enjoys the beach. Max gives in-depth cookie reviews. Um, talking about the different notes and hints of flavors in the cookies and the way they've been cooked and ascribing them a grade. Fucking weird. And then Nudge wants to be a marine scientist when she grows up.
0: That's fun. We've all had that phase. No, all... I didn't.
2: You,
1: you didn't? No. No, no, Steffi.
0: No, 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 no. Everybody stop. Steffi, you're gay. You have to have had a marine biology phase.
1: She didn't realize I... she was gay until she read my book. Oh, sorry. I,
2: I grew up with Russian parents. Uh, I learned that being gay is very not okay. Oh, no. <laughs> Steffi, I don't know how to tell you this but you're gay oh my god (laughs) if my parents knew this oh no
1: wait you're gay
2: what
0: emmy you are a woman and you are in a relationship with her
2: (laughs) okay i want to mention it's not as is as if i haven't had thought about it when i was a teenager i was always just like Nah, I guess not. It's so funny because
0: the way that you said that was vague enough. It could be about being gay or it could be about being a marine biologist. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I thought about it in high school, but then
2: I was just kind of like, no, I'm okay. (laughs) No, in high school, I always wanted to be a mathematician. Oh. Yeah.
0: Wow, I bet you were really fun at parties. (laughs)
1: What parties? I am. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I know you're very it's funny true. Parties. They
1: have they have a game at parties that they play that charades and Pictionary put together.
0: That's yes. fun. I already get stressed out by both of those games individually. <laughs> I don't. Know I'm how... not
1: a fan of Pictionary.
0: I'm I'm good with Pictionary. I'm I'm a decent enough like simple shapes illustrator that like I can usually get my point across just the point anyway continue
1: (laughs) chapter 112 the flock just enjoys the beach and wait god damn it I already did that part (laughs) Uh, so yeah Bank freaks Max the fuck out uh, because he's like hey Max what if we just like forget about doing all this research and investigation and figuring out why we're here and why they created us and who are. And what if we just live a normal life and are happy?
0: I feel and for And Max him. is like,
1: what the fuck is wrong with you? Like,
0: and it's like, she's like, she acts like it's the craziest thing he's ever said, but like, they've been like in hiding or on the run or in captivity their entire lives. Like, The idea that he just wants to, like, run away and, like, I don't know, escape to Siberia or something like that is, like, not that weird. What? Siberia? It's very, I don't know, it's desolate out there. I don't know, Steffi, you're
2: Russian, is it? I mean, it's very cold there. Yeah, just wear a coat. They're fine. But how are they going to fly? Oh, shit. (laughs) They won't.
0: All right. Problem solved. (laughs) (laughs) All right. um, Chapter 113. Uh, Max realizes that everything they're going through is probably some big game the school is playing with them and wonders if Angel was messed with more than she knows at the school. Angel dives down into the ocean and stays underwater a little too long, scaring Max. Max. That's it. Chapter 114. Uh, the whole flock freaks out, looking for Angel in the water. She eventually resurfaces, telling the whole gang that she can breathe underwater. Revealing
1: and in chapter 115, her... yeah, she keeps telling them how she can breathe underwater. <laughs> Icky... Gets all touchy with her neck, trying to find gills. Doesn't work.
0: She just has, like, pores in her skin that, like, leak out water as she filters oxygen from it. Essentially, like, gills, but, like, she doesn't physically have gills on her body. And there's a very specific reason why this was written this way, I am sure. Um, Obviously, I'm not going to give it away right now because it comes up later. Um, But, like... Huh? (laughs) I thought they were just 2% bird. What percent cuttlefish are they? <laughs> oh my god. Oh my Steffi. god. Oh my god. Oh my god. This is just like Jurassic World when they made when they made the mutant dinosaur and it was like a little tiny per- oh my god it was like a little tiny percentage of a bunch of different animals including including velociraptors and t-rex and like all these different things and then one of the things one of the things was cuttlefish and it could like blend into the environment around them this is this is it this is the precursor to jurassic world i'm telling you this is the prequel <laughs>
1: For copyright infringement reasons, <laughs> this is a joke.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry to like go off on that tangent. For audio listeners, aka literally everyone who isn't in this
2: phone call right now, I was just shaking my computer all over the place. Yes, I was very confused when you started, and all I could think about was, I have never seen Jurassic World. <laughs>
0: You've never even seen Jurassic Park, so you have no fucking clue what we're talking about. But they basically resurrect a bunch of dinosaurs using, like, DNA. And, like, they fill in, like, the DNA gene sequences with, like, frog DNA and shit. And um, then, which is, like, a whole plot point in the first movie because they're able to, like, spontaneously change sex so that they can mate with each other. But in the fourth movie, they're like, dinosaurs have existed in the modern times for a while, so we need to make, like a new bigger scarier dinosaur and that's like the whole conflict of that movie and what i'm saying is um colin trevorrow ripped off james patterson and there needs to be a court case about it
1: just like jurassic world yeah steffi as a scientist approximately how much of angel's dna needs to be cuttlefish for her to breathe water
2: Okay, considering 2% is enough to have, like, uh, wings and stuff, I guess, like, 0.1% or something. <laughs> because... <laughs> now, to be honest, I was losing my shit at this point when reading <laughs> the book because I was like, oh, God, no. What am I reading? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it gets worse. Oh, it gets
0: so much fucking worse. I can't wait. I remember when we were reading my fan fiction about maximum ride and they were listing off all their powers and emmy was like did you just make this up and i was like no this is canon to the books
2: to be honest i was waiting for because it was nowhere mentioned that one of them could breathe underwater so i was like but in the fan fiction it said they could breathe underwater so why can't they do it and now we are at the point and i'm like oh god what's coming next
1: the best part of this is that all of them try to see see if they can breathe underwater yeah. because Angel can and so their only way of testing this is to all literally <laughs> try to drown themselves and so they're all just throwing up all over the beach
0: man how wonderful would it have been if they had all just drowned in the ocean <laughs>
2: And Angel just being like, with her teddy bear, like, okay, I guess we'll go. I guess it's just me now, fuck.
1: Angel wouldn't give a fuck. I wouldn't
2: care. She's been a
0: demon from the beginning. Like all of, like, I, I remember when we, I read this the first time and all of my friends were like, isn't it crazy that like Angel suddenly became like really terrifying? And I was like, no, she's been awful since the very beginning. Like, she had a little bit of sweetness in, like, the first chapter, and then she's just always been just crazy ever since then.
1: Little manipulative bitch. Anyway,
0: continue.
1: Uh, So Max thinks about how weird they are, and the voice returns to tell her that they're actually works of art, if you think about it. And uh, she talks about how she hates the life they have, and the voice is like, hey, if you could choose what your life was like, what would you want to do with your life? And Max, is like, well, I haven't really thought about it. He's like, what if you want to save the world? She's like, nah, adults can do that. And he's like, well, maybe the grownups are the ones destroying the world.
0: Yeah. I mean, they are. It's one of my favorite, like, overlying themes of most YA genre fiction is that, like, grown-ups suck, don't they? Huh? That's crazy. And it's so funny because I'll play through these games and I'll be like, yeah, grown-ups do suck. And I'm, like, in my mid twenties.
1: I think what gets me is that I always was like, uh, I fucking hate the grown-ups suck thing. Yeah. just individual people causing problems. But, like... The more of an adult I become, the more I'm like, no, it really is just a bunch of older people with no concerns for the well-being of others or the generations to come after them that are the
0: problem. Like, man, Persona 5 really had a point, huh?
1: But uh, I'm just waiting for the voice to turn into some, like, based red pill dude who thinks that destroying the- they're destroying the world by allowing the gays to marry and kicking out all the illegal immigrants.
0: Uh, Jen, this is your requisite cat appearance. You can't hear her because she cannot speak, but I am holding her right now, so wow. that's for you. Wow. If you hear any jingling, it's because I've got her. Anyway, chapter, chapter one sixteen. Uh, the eraser ship. That's, that's yours.
1: Yeah, that's mine. Sorry. The Erasers show up and ambush the flock at the beach. Ari beats the ever-living fuck out of Fang. Yeah. Like, decimates him, beating his head into a boulder. Uh, And then Jeb shows up and is like, Hey, want to stop murdering him for a minute? No.
0: (laughs) Clearly not. He literally positions himself to like rip out Fang's throat with his jaws. And it's like, it was, so we're getting the first, like, (laughs) I have cat hair (laughs) in my mouth now. Um, We're getting the first hints of, like, the Max and Fang relationship in these chapters. Um, And so, like, there's, like, the erasers are, like, attacking Max. And so that's when Fang springs at them and he's like, get away from her! Like, you know, every uh, edgy teen boy was in in, uh, young adult fiction in the mid-2000s, um, and then Ari, I, I remember reading this, and I was like, huh, it almost feels like Ari is jealous of Fang, and, like, I really, I really had that impression, um, for a while. I'm glad I don't anymore, because-
1: Oh, 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 that's interesting.
0: Oh, boy! Um... (laughs)
1: Yeah, that's going to get interesting in a few chapters.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, But yeah, so they beat the shit out of Fang. But the, like, the thing is, like, he beats the shit out of Fang, but is it really that much worse than all the other times Fang got his shit pushed in? Like, it, it doesn't feel like he described all that much more, like, gruesome fighting in this one. I don't know.
1: Getting your head literally beat into a boulder okay, does that seem one pretty, is bad.
0: pretty bad. Okay, that one is definitely pretty bad. He doesn't seem to be suffering too much from it, though.
1: Which is amazing because it doesn't actually take a lot of force to produce a concussion. Mm-hmm. So being beat by a superhuman into a rock.
0: But don't you know Fang's skeleton is harder than Simone Biles. So, um,
2: yeah, his bones are hollow, but they're also strong. But I mean, okay, a concussion has nothing to do with how strong the bones are. It's just when your brain hits your skull.
1: Maybe the brain has like... (laughs) I'm sorry! (laughs) Has Um, special (laughs) struts?
2: Actually, Sarah, go fuck yourself. (laughs) You know I say it with love.
0: No, I know, I know. It's just like, I don't usually have someone else here to correct me when I say dumb (laughs) shit. Because I actually
1: was thinking that, but I was just like,
0: eh. I'll just let it go. (laughs) Emmy either just lets it go or I can see from the
2: look on her face that she's like, I don't know, but I'm not confident enough to correct you. Yeah, for me, it's always the two that I, my brain tells me like, okay, this is not correct information. You have to give the correct information. <laughs> but sometimes I'm too anxious to speak at all because I'm like, no, no, nobody will like you when you say that now. <laughs> I, for one, don't mind you correcting me on
0: um how concussions work. That's fine. If you were being obnoxious about it, that would be one thing. Well, you kind of were like, um, actually... <laughs> I didn't say, Ab, actually. (laughs) It's okay. Um. I think this one's mine. Oh yeah, chapter 117. Jeb tells Ari down boy and rants at Max about making mistakes and this all being part of a big game. None of it makes sense and it's all very stupid. We talked, um, a couple... A couple episodes ago about it might have actually been last episode i don't know um about how james patterson has built this up as some mystery that needs to be solved but in reality he's just giving us a bunch of nonsensical bullshit that we have no way of parsing until we get all of the pieces together at the end so like him like ranting and raving at her right here it doesn't make any sense as a reader because you're like literally what are you talking about like you have made enough none of this has made sense it's just a bunch of nonsense when are you gonna start talking like a normal human being
1: it sounds like it's supposed to be mysterious and intriguing but instead it just sounds stupid mm-hmm. and makes the reader go what the fuck are you talking about
0: exactly <laughs> um this is
1: not how you write dark and mysterious <laughs>
0: Chapter 118, Fang is super hurt, and Max kisses him on the mouth. Iggy is blind.
1: <laughs> and that was Sarah drinking.
0: <laughs> um, everyone else is very surprised that she kissed him. Uh, Fang is only annoyed because she kissed his hurt lip. Like, he literally doesn't make any comment about the fact that she kissed him, leading us to believe that he he didn't hate it, Okay. <laughs>
1: Either he didn't hate it or he is completely ambivalent towards yeah. the physical uh interaction.
0: Yeah. For all we know, he doesn't even understand kissing. I mean, he didn't know what a hamburger was until <laughs> like uh two hundred pages ago. So, like, he might not even know what she did. He might just be like, She What do you
1: what do you mean, eat pussy? Is that like a hamburger?
2: Shut. Oh my god. Amelia <laughs> Fun fact about hamburgers to distract from that comment there hamburgers are actually from germany i mean i found that out i don't know what we did but we researched something on google and it said like when germans came to the us they brought the hamburgers with them
1: and so, hot dogs
2: and hot dogs oh
0: i'd love a hamburger yeah i mean i mean i'd love a beyond burger
2: you can say you want a
0: hamburger. I I I have I'm so self conscious. I don't I didn't even tell you this, but when we were ordering because uh, we ordered ourselves Taco Bell, uh, Brandon, our friend John, and I ordered ourselves Taco Bell for uh to eat while we were playing D and D the other week when Steffi and Emmy were here and um. I only ordered off the vegetarian menu because I was like, Steffi's gonna be here. Oh I my god, eat. no! They don't have a vegan menu, so I I, I had no option. I had to pr- consume sour cream. But like, <laughs> I was like, I gonna literally
1: be here. have spent the past three weeks eating meat right in front of her face.
0: I, I just am self-conscious about it, okay? I only wanted to eat non-meat products while she was
2: here. You can eat ordered- meat. It's okay. Thank you.
1: I ordered burgers for us the other day and got her a vegan burger while I got a regular burger. Mm-hmm. And you know what? We sat side by side and I ate the fuck out of that cow while she ate the fuck out of that vegan burger.
0: You know, Burger King actually has a pretty decent vegan burger.
2: But uh, you have to order it without the sauce. Because, yeah. Yeah. That, that was terrifying because not terrifying that was the wrong word but it's like i don't understand it's not that hard to make vegan mayonnaise so yeah just i don't understand vegan food
0: is very simple but it's been treated for so long in the united states as a luxury item that like eating vegan food can oftentimes be kind of expensive or just like annoying to try to do
2: Oh, yeah, it's the same in Germany because um, especially like uh, oat milk and almond milk and that stuff. Yeah. They are they have different taxes than the cow milk because uh, they are seen as luxury products instead of like um, yeah. like products for everyday stuff. So I have to pay more for them because they are taxed as luxury instead of like groceries.
0: Which is frustrating anyway because I drink, I'm not vegan, but I drink almond milk because I'm lactose intolerant. Yeah. So like I can only have lactose in like small increments. Like I could have I could have like a cheeseburger with like a, a slice of cheese on it or something. But if I'm eating like cereal or something, I can't have milk in that cereal. My tummy's Yeah, but gonna Sarah. Hurt.
2: But Sarah, it's a luxury that you have almond milk. Aren't you happy about your lactose intolerance?
0: <laughs> Please, I just don't want to vomit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so chapter 119, that's yours?
1: That's mine again. It. Max is super embarrassed about kissing Fang, uh, and the flock returns to the subway tunnel to rest, but the super hacker is there again. Fuck. <laughs> I forgot about he it. He demands to know what's going on with them, because they have just <laughs> fucked up his hard drive something awful.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, <laughs> go on. And
1: then Max is like, yo, I got a chip in my arm. Can you can you hacks into this and be and tell me what's up? Maybe like make it stop working. And he's like, bro, you got a chip? You're NSA'd. You're being followed by the NSA. And then runs off into the tunnel.
0: You know what's funny is like, that feels like a really stupid thing to say, but this was 2005 or 2006. I believe it was 2006. This was uh, around the time when people were becoming so afraid. I mean, people are afraid now, but I think they just have kind of accepted their fate at this point. But people back then were like so baffled. They were like, the the NSA is gonna watch us like shit in our bathrooms. Like they're literally watching us at all times. And it's like, I mean- Oh wow,
1: they they must have a lot of fun with all the shitting I do.
0: (laughs) I'm like, you know, I mean, yeah, they're watching you, but like, it's okay. They don't care that you shit. They don't care that Emmy shits four times a day.
1: I was about to say, I wonder if they, I bet they have, like, a bracket for me and other people with IBS where they're, like, taking bets on how many times in a single day (laughs) we go to the bathroom.
0: What's funny is that I have, this is so way too much information, but I've conditioned myself to go, like, multiple times a day. So, like, I, not some, like, I don't have IBS, but, like, I still go, like, multiple times a day. So. Good for you and your bowel. Thank you. It makes <laughs> it a lot easier because, like, Brandon will just, like, announce at some point. He'll be like, all right, I got to go poop. <laughs> okay. And I'm like, okay, have fun. <laughs> and for me, I'm like, well, I, you know, I went twice today, so I'm good.
1: I'm good. I'm like a dog. I'm all pooped out.
0: <laughs> yeah. Anyway.
1: Ch- chapter 120. Max has a dream about where the flock needs to go in the subway tunnels. That's it.
0: Yep. Chapter 121. Uh, Max follows her special inner radar through the tunnels and eventually finds a sewer grate in the floor. They open it up and climb inside. Chapter 122. (laughs) Uh, They continue through the sewer tunnels. Max tries not to have a girly girl freak out before she has a wild out-of-body experience and then she finds a door. She didn't want to freak out about rats, I think it was? Rats or spiders. One of those two.
1: Look, New York rats are fucking terrifying.
0: Yeah, but also she's been fighting fucking werewolves. So I mean, like...
1: Look, I would rather fight werewolves than an army of tar- of New York rats one time when i left my apartment i was uh in uh chinatown on the i had to go to the other side of the street i had to just walk across the middle of the street so that i could cross over to the next block and then walk back over because on the end of the block that my building was on there was just a massive swarm of rats crawling over each other and chirping and there's like This fucking big! They're huge!
0: I would have just walked right up to them. Asserted my dominance over them as the rat queen.
1: Look, rats can be great. Wild New York rats? I ain't fucking with that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I've had a lot of rats in my life. Pet rats. And also non-pet rats that I just befriended in the woods.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Sarah just going into the woods searching for rats to become friends with them.
0: Oh yeah, I love woodland animals. You'll catch me out there just go just like clicking my tongue at deer, trying to get them to obey me. They don't. To be clear, <laughs> um. But yeah, so she she says that I she, covered
1: myself in this deer urine for nothing.
0: <laughs> so she says she doesn't want to act like a girly girl and freak out over some rats, and it's like. I mean I I know plenty I don't know of, what you're
1: trying to say non-binary person.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know plenty of men who would fre I know plenty of grown men, I know plenty of Simone Bileses who would probably freak out over some rats. Um it's okay, most people are afraid of them
1: rats will fuck you up if they want to oh yeah
0: for sure I joke about like asserting my dominance as the rat queen over a swarm of rats but like you should probably avoid them because if you piss them off they will attack you
1: and they will eat you to the bone yeah.
0: okay so here's the question would you rather fight one werewolf sized rat or a hundred rat-sized werewolves
1: 100 rat-sized werewolves <laughs>
0: I can just picture a giant rat just like chittering at you as it like tries to groom you because it doesn't (laughs) understand.
1: You just have me standing in front of two doors, and one door is just a giant rat chittering at me, and the other door is a bunch of barking rat sized werewolves, but they're going because they're rat sized. Yeah. And I just point at the werewolves. Oh, but also
0: the werewolves are constantly (laughs) telling you that you're a piece of shit.
1: Oh, no. Okay, never mind. I want the rat. I want the (laughs) werewolf-sized rat.
0: Look, whether or not my body physically survives, I do need my emotional spirit to continue on beyond this moment. So I don't know if I want to be harassed by a bunch of tiny werewolves.
1: If they just change me into a werewolf, that'd be fine. As long as I got to keep my size.
0: (laughs) No, you become rat-sized. Oh, No.
1: (laughs) Okay, chapter 123, <laughs> Iggy Luck picks the door, revealing a long staircase down into the abyss, and the voice tells Max she's on her own. Which, she's not, because the voice actually does come back and yeah. talk to her while they're downstairs, so I was like, oh, it can't talk to her while she's in here, but then it just pops back up and talk. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about?
0: <laughs> Inconsistent, this
1: voice. Chapter 124, the flocks descends. the flocks, the flock descends the stairs and finds another door which leads into a lab inside the institute.
0: They found it. Ooh, yay. <laughs> uh, chapter 125, Fang swears. We have no idea what he says, but he does swear. Uh, Max censors it for us. Thank the stars. Uh, Max tries to quote unquote hack into a computer by guessing the password, but she Nail, does Hacking least, works.
1: <laughs> she at least does note that she is just guessing the password and is completely cognizant of the fact that this is not hacking.
0: But you know, whatever. Nudge apparently has computer telepathy and figures out the password by touching the monitor.
1: Yeah, well, it seems to be some kind of object-related
0: uh, yeah, no, psychic ability. I note that in the next chapter because okay. she clarifies. Um, so chapter 126, apparently Nudge can physically know the history of things by touching them, which she'd never been able to do before. Trust me, we'd know. She's a motor, ba- a motor mouth, and she also touches everything. Um, Max finds info on their parents, prints it out, then tries to leave with the group, but Gazzy stops them.
1: Chapter 127. The lab finds another lab room full of mutants.
0: That's the whole chapter. It's not That's the chapter. exciting.
1: It's literally less than a page. Oh yeah, I
0: was like, this is uh, the first of the culprits of the less than one page chapters. It happens a lot more in later books, believe it or not.
1: Ugh. Chapter 128. After being disturb- dis- disturbed, <laughs> Jesus fuck. After being disturbed by the externalized internal organs on some of the mutants, Max has the flock help her free them. The voice comes back and tells her that her decision to help is the difference between her and Fang, and that the hardest lesson to learn is whether to be right or to do the right thing, because Fang does not want to help the other mutants escape. thinks that they need to just get their asses out of there. And Max refuses to abandon them.
0: They're both right.
1: Yeah, they're both right. Like,
0: we can all agree that they're both in the right, but, like, the voice tries to make it out to be that, like, Max is the better leader because she wants to help all these other people, even though Fang is just trying to take care of the flock, which is what Max has been saying the entire time. Like, fuck everyone else. We're taking care of the flock. It's like, well, but she can't, she also can't decide on that, right? Like she can't decide whether it's fuck everyone else. I'm only taking care of the flock or if she needs to go help a bunch of other people.
1: And the thing is, this could have ended differently had the only reason Fang isn't right in the end is because of the result. Yes objectively freeing the other mutants and trying to help them escape puts every one of them in danger and could mean that they were then just captured again and everything is ruined yeah at the same time yeah it's pretty fucked up to leave a bunch of people in cages being experimented on
0: yes it's <laughs> we'll we'll say this um we'll we'll employ a a nice phrase from our one of our favorite games magic the gathering a misplay is still a misplay even if you win like just because they managed to make it out of the sewers and everything is okay which spoiler alert they do um it doesn't mean that it wasn't still a bad idea for max to try and open all those cages if they all get captured again that sucks and not to mention the mutants I don't want to, listen, I don't want to, like, justify them staying there. But like, I'm sure many of them won't be able to survive outside of the Institute. It's the whole zoo animal problem again.
1: They have externalized organs on some of them. Yeah. They literally have, like, bladders popping out on their body.
0: Look, in a fictional universe, I would agree with Max and just be like, of course, we have to save everybody that we can. But, like, also, you have to understand that, like, I mean, this could go so wrong in so many ways.
1: It is always good to help as many people as possible. Of course. But when helping others has a high probability of ensuring that literally no one is helped.
0: Yes. And
1: people are only hurt. It might be a bad idea.
0: It's like, oh, to bring it back to Jurassic World. Um, In the second Jurassic World movie, there is a volcanic eruption that is occurring on the island with all the dinosaurs on it. And there's this huge moral quandary behind, like, should we go and take the dinosaurs off the island and put a huge risk to human life uh, by doing that? And um, the answer is probably no, because you can make the dinosaurs again you don't want to have to sacrifice all these dinosaur lives. Nobody going into that movie is like, oh, I watched four dinosaur movies and now I would like all of the dinosaurs to be dead. Um, But you still have to like weigh the options. Like, do we put an incredible risk to human life or do we just kind of let the dinosaurs die knowing that we can make new ones and that everything is gonna be okay and the volcano was gonna destroy the whole island anyway? In the end, they decide to try to save the dinosaurs, and then it's really stupid from then on. You're welcome. Because it
1: was a bad choice.
0: (laughs) Yes, because it was a bad choice. Also because it's a bad movie! (laughs) I'm sorry, I have uh, not eaten anything today aside from a handful of chips, and I have finished my drink. So, Well, Iggy is not very blind in this uh, episode, so I had to drink on my own terms.
1: (laughs) Chapter 129.
0: Uh, The flock and the freed mutants make a break for it, escaping the institute and making it out into the sewer tunnels. Max is stopped when Ari suddenly appears. So they have this bird girl with them. She's basically just like them. She's like 10. So around Nudge's age. um, To give you an idea of how quote-unquote mature she should be. Um... And she just, like, is going to be the leader of these mutant kids, I guess, because she's, like, the oldest, which is hilarious because she is 10 years old.
1: There could be an argument made for the fact that Nudge has had Max as a leader to take care of her, as have the other kids, and so as m- hasn't been forced to mature the mm. way that this girl might have. Yeah, but, that's a pretty eh. good
0: point, <laughs> uh, but still.
1: yeah not a great idea Uh,
0: chapter 130 Max and Ari fight taunting each other and slipping around on the grime of the sewer before Max slams Ari into the wall and breaks his neck
1: at at which point he's like I never would have hurt you not like this as he dies and I'm like Ari what the fuck are you talking about he
0: literally tried to eat Fang (laughs) I mean, maybe he wouldn't have heard specifically Max that way, but he would rough her up a lot, right?
1: Yeah, I'm just like, uh, I don't think you get to physically assault people and try and kill the people they love and be like, well, I wouldn't go so far as murdering you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It reminds Uh. me of uh, the community quote where Britta is like, I can tolerate racism, but I draw the line at animal cruelty.
1: (laughs) I mean, I can at least understand the logic behind it. Like, human beings can defend themselves better than (laughs) animals?
0: No, 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 no. There is no logic there. Britta's just an asshole. Oh, okay. (laughs) She's just kind of all around pretty dumb. And so uh, she, uh, you know... Anyway,
1: anyway, chapter 131, Uh, Jeb is reasonably upset that his son is dead, though unreasonable based on the fact that he abandoned his son for two years and allowed him to be made into a dog person. Um, And he tells Max that she just expects to understand the secrets of life. And that doesn't work that way even though all she wants is a straight answer about what the fuck is going on. Yeah. uh, The the answers to the secrets of life would be accurate if she was like, why is life unfair? Why does it have to be like this? And not asking, why did you experiment on us? Why did you make us like this? And why are you hunting us down? Those are active choices you are making for a reason. Yeah. Explain. (laughs) Explain.
0: But Emmy,
1: no, no, no. She just wants to know the secrets of life, and I'm about ready to bitch slap the philosophical out of this motherfucker. <laughs> uh, but he tells her that he's her friend before she flies away, telling him that no, nope, he's not. Yeah. And in the distance, he screams that Ari was her brother, which I wasn't even shocked by at all. But at this point, I was they'd referred to the fact that max's parentage was hidden multiple times yeah. and wasn't available so i was like i was already kind of thinking jeb's probably her dad oh yeah like that's the only reason they would hide it
0: the reveal for uh her other parent is i think going to be better but yeah um it's so stupid like it's like they they allude they allude to it enough that it's like okay maybe this is just a puzzle piece so that we can figure out that he's her dad but then like she constantly talks about how he was basically her dad and all this stuff and ari is specifically more jealous of her and all that and it's just like by the time you get there you're like it's not maybe you didn't call it a hundred percent but you were but you're definitely like okay
1: yeah, yeah, that makes boy, sense. This, is, this isn't a good twist yeah. or turn or anything. You just so heavily implied that it's not even a fun toss in at this point. Yeah, for sure. Uh, chapter 132. The flock escapes and the other mutants are off being led by the other bird girl. Angel wants to keep the dog, who she's named Total, which I think is a reference to Toto from The Wizard of Oz because she compares the dog to Toto from The Wizard of Oz. At one point. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it turns into an argument until Fang gives in, uh, revealing that he's apparently very easily influenced by Angel being sad because Max is like, Fang, what the fuck? And he's like, what? You know, when she gives me those eyes, I can't tell her no. Yeah. Uh, so then they end up agreeing to keep the dog as long as she takes care of it. And then the dog jumps and soars into the air. (laughs)
0: it's a mutant dog what (laughs) (laughs) oh just wait total is like a whole fucking thing all on his own I didn't even include him in my fanfiction because I was like I hate this dog (laughs) (laughs) I hate him so much anyway
1: Let's say it's your chapter. It
0: is my chapter. Um, So chapter 133. um, The flock hangs out on Staten Island. uh, Very off the grid. We approve. And pop open. (laughs) (laughs) And they pop open um, the envelope to look at the files. Iggy is blind. Sarah drank. Uh, and Nudge wonders why Jeb told Max Ari was her brother, um, and-
1: Because Ari's her brother.
0: Look, I'm not saying that Ari is her paternal brother, and that Jeb is Max's father, but I think that is the very obvious case- at what we're looking at right now. (laughs) So, um, you know. Uh, Um, so, chapter 134, Iggy, Fang, Gazzy, and Angel find information on their parents, and Max assumes the info Nudge had on her parents was real, so she suddenly feels left out. Um, the, the group discusses why only some of the information in the documents is encoded and Nudge finds new information on her parents. So I guess all the info we've had thus far was wrong. Um, like all the stuff that was in their house. I don't know what the implication is supposed to be on that. Um, but then Max asks her voice a bunch of questions and it basically tells her she's just here for the ride and not to question it.
1: Just here for the ride. The maximum ride.
0: Yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> so. They. Uh, there, there is an epilogue. Um, And the epilogue. Goes something like this. Uh, the flock flies towards DC. And Max thinks about what's going to happen. When they find their parents. Including some conflicting thoughts about Fang. Um, like how she wants to smooch him. Um, the voice tells her to stop worrying about the flock's parents, but she ignores it. At the end of the book, Max leaves a note to continue the rest of the story with a link to the Max Ride website. Now. I know what you're thinking.
1: That I totally didn't read the stuff that came after the epilogue?
0: There's no way that there could still be a Maximum Ride website.
1: Okay, I did think that as well.
0: And you know what? You're actually right. Um, So the Maximum Ride website now just links to the Maximum Ride specific page on James Patterson's personal website. But utilizing...
1: Archive?
0: The Wayback Machine. Yeah! <laughs> um, I was able to pull up an archived version of the Maximum Ride website, including Fang's blog. Now, the problem is so much of the website requires Flash, and Flash does not exist anymore. So it's really hard to navigate most of the website um, without it just, like, looking really dumb or, like, not really working at all. Like, the entire page will just be nothing but a broken Flash player because the entire internet was Flash for, like, 20 years. Um,
1: And then they were like, what if we stopped using this really shitty technology?
0: (laughs) So, there are a lot of blog entries. It goes back pretty far, including to before the book was even published. Um, So, I guess James Patterson did, like, an ARG um, where he made the flock seem real. Um,
1: Worst ARG ever.
0: Yeah. So I I would like, if you don't mind, to read just a couple of these blog entries to you. They are very short because James Patterson wrote them. So I promise they will not take up too much of your time. Um, So here's a a a blog entry. By the way, James Patterson, it does exist in the Maximum Ride universe, he is the
1: James Patterson the individual yes
0: he is the author of their story and so they reference him a lot on the blog he's not in the books but he is referenced a lot on the blog so Tuesday May 30th of 2006 Fang posted a a blog update that just is titled the dude is on my cup um and now without context that sounds very funny um (laughs) But here, here's the blog post. It is a picture of a, a Starbucks cup with a James Patterson quote on the side of it. Um, I'm not going to read it. It doesn't matter. Um, but so Fang says, I was just about to enjoy a hot chocolate. Yeah, I said it. Hot chocolate. So what? When I flipped the cup around to see this, and then it's the photo with the James Patterson cu- uh, quote on the cup. And then, this man is everywhere I am. I guess it's the price you have to pay when you have a guy writing books about you. I should write my own. Uh, then the next few phrases have phrases that are crossed out um, as though he was writing them down on a physical notebook before they were being posted on the internet. Um, and so it just says in quotes, don't mess with winged kids. Mm, no, uh, be awesome like me. No, uh, holler back if you've got
1: wings. No. <laughs> oh, no. No again.
0: I'm getting chocolate drizzle all over the keyboard. That's probably not good. Later, Fang.
1: That was atrocious.
0: Tuesday, May 23rd, 2006. This one is from Max, uh, What I Wouldn't Give. You know how everybody has that song? A song that no matter what you're doing or where you are, hearing it can trigger a memory and bring you back to a moment in your life as if time had never elapsed at all. Now forget all that. Close your eyes and image a song, that is how it's written, and image a song that didn't just speak to a slice of your life, but to who you were completely. Melodies and lyrics you could identify with note for note, word for word, line for line. Your life encapsulated in a song. That's what Holly Brooks' What I Wouldn't Give is to me. And then there's a bunch of lyrics, because this is a blog spot in the year 2006.
1: I want to die. Please let me die. There's
0: also like interludes between the books that take place specifically on the blog. Um, And I won't go too much into them. Um, But like, I was looking this up the other day while I was looking at the blog and while I was looking at all of the old um, like publication dates and stuff like that. So, um, Maximum Ride was published. And then a year later, School's Out Forever was published. And then a year later, um, Saving the World and Other Extreme Sports was published. And then two months later, The Final Warning was published. And this is like a really weird pattern where like he'll go with like several books where they're only published once every like eight months to a year. Like it feels like he took time to like write the book. But then like Max was published. Uh, or uh, Fang was published in January of some year, and then Angel was published on February 1st of that year. So it's like, did you just have these in the bag? Like, why are they coming out so fast? Um, And that's all to say that if you ever really... Want to relive the mid 2000s? I encourage you to just load up your favorite blog spot into the Wayback Machine and read whatever anyone was posting back then because it's all very, very silly.
1: Maybe I can find the old MySpace groups that I role played in. If I really want to relive my, uh, early teen years
0: i mean i already read my fan fiction live on the podcast for everybody to hear but like after reading this book again i understand where my early writing habits came from because like that's basically the what we read was basically just how james patterson wrote
1: this should not be emulated
0: i know um but i want to leave you with one last blog post from june 7th of 2006 Um, that was written by Nudge, um, and it's really important that I read it. So it's it's titled, The Internet is for Blogs. It's very short. I was roaming around the internet and found this article thingy. Um, How to make your blog accessible to blind readers. So then she says, hmm, I wonder if this means you know who could write in the blog too, because that would be explosive. Get it? Gonna do some more investigative research, AKA Googling from Nudge. And do you know what that means? Iggy is blind. I have to drink.
1: Welcome to the longest episode we've had in a while. Yes. Uh, It's to make up for the fact that we suck at recording episodes our
0: schedule has been a little chaotic um and we've both been very stressed and or sick with like headaches and like stuff like that um
1: the climate here is not good for people that get frequent migraines oh
0: no it started raining like pouring rain as i was leaving work and coming home so that we could record this and i as like getting through the rain Making it upstairs into my apartment, I've had a a raging headache this entire time. But I was like, I am not going to not record this episode because of this fucking headache. There is no way that we are putting this off again, especially because Steffi is leaving. We had to record with Steffi. It was very important.
1: What Steffi doesn't know is that when I woke up and crawled out of bed this morning and into the shower, I actually woke up with a headache as well. But fortunately, by the time I escaped the shower after sitting in hot water for a while, I was I was doing better. That's
0: the solution. A migraine haver's paradise is sitting on the floor of the shower. Yes. <laughs> with the hot water just... See, I get migraines, like, both on the side of my head and at the back of my head. And so, like, I literally will sit there just, like, with the water pounding into the back of my head, hoping that it will just... I don't know make See, it stop
1: I get them right at that nexus where your spine uh-huh. meets the base of your skull and then right it can happen in both eyes but it's like 90% of the time it's my left eye yeah. and it's just like right in the back of my left eye it's the worst
0: follow us on Twitter at Lip Masters Pod <laughs> M is at M of many names I am Sarah S. Wilton Steffi is just He's
1: at being Steffi
0: being Steffi um Send us an email over at literarymasterspod at gmail.com. I remembered the correct email this time. Uh, Send us a coffee over at ko-fi.com slash litmasterspod. Um, DM us. Tweet at us. Please reach out to us. Look, if you tweet at us enough, you could become our girlfriend. (laughs) Um
1: there are no more available <laughs> openings at the moment, but hey. Dream don't let your dreams be dreams.
0: Don't let your dreams be dreams. Tweet at your favorite podcast host.
1: Steffi, what would you how what what rating would you give me as a girlfriend so far?
0: What? Like a, uh, like like a one to on ten on a one to ten scale. One being, I'm actually never coming back to Texas, and I might actually not go to university in this country anymore. And ten being, like, I'm hearing wedding bells already.
2: (laughs) Okay, so I will say that I have already booked my tickets to come back next weekend to visit Emmy again, so... She did. I didn't
1: even know. She told me she was like, I want to come back every two weeks. And I didn't realize that meant that she was in that moment buying tickets to come back. So the other night she was like, yeah, I'll be back on the 27th. I was like, wait, did you buy the tickets already? She's like, yeah.
2: Oh, you have to to know when I'm talking about stuff, I usually mean it. And that's why I I hate when people are like, yeah, a lot of people talk shit and stuff. But when I say like, yeah, but I'm looking at tickets right now for this and that date. I usually mean like I'm about to do it
0: <laughs> well then um, uh you know Steffi it was wonderful having you on it was wonderful getting to meet I got to meet Steffi in person oh yes they did not to brag we went to a bookstore and just like terrorized <laughs> the people there oh
2: i forgot about the bookstore i thought you were talking about the D &D evening where you were like this is steffi it's emmy's girlfriend and my friend
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes i was like oh but she's also my friend more importantly my friend and then so when when, sorry I forgot to mention this so Brandon likes to assert dominance uh in friendships over people like jokingly behind the scenes he's not actually like weird about it or anything but when you were coming in to 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 the country he was like I'm so excited I get to see my best friend Steffi and I was like your best friend Steffi (laughs) and he was like yeah she and I we're like this like we're very close and I was like I mean, you know, she's actually my like, she's Emmy's girlfriend. She's like, actually my friend. And he was like, I talk to her way more than you do. And I was like, that's not true. Like, that's not literally not true at all. And he was like, No, it's true. I've got I've got messages. I've got messages. And I was like, no, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> Just making shit up. And so then, you know, I was trying to wrestle his phone away from him. And he was like, No, no, it's private. She doesn't want you to see.
2: But your mom texted me and I was like, oh, this is so cute. Yeah, my my mom lives
0: up in Ohio, which I'm not going to dox you and where you're going to university, but it's like definitely closer to where she's going to university than where we are. Um, So she had like reached out to me and she was like, hey, I I said something to Steffi because I I didn't want her to feel so alone. And I was like, no, she's good. I think
2: she's good.
1: Thanks, mom. Thanks,
2: mom. (laughs) But the Brandon thing is very funny because I think I never spoke to him, in like, him alone yeah. at all.
1: <laughs> Who the fuck is Brandon? <laughs> Steffi, are you cheating on me?
2: I was just, like, at some point, like, well, That's like... my boyfriend! <laughs> no, I was just at some point a few months ago, like, well... I'm Emmy's girlfriend, and I'm talking to Sarah constantly. So I guess I'll follow Brandon on Twitter. <laughs> and immediately, he followed me back like the second afterwards. So I was like, okay. Yeah,
0: he uh, he's kind of okay. Look, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna out Brandon a little bit here. He's a little shy, and he really likes when we have friends. And like wants to be friends with them. Like he loves Gina, my fr- my Disney, my Disney girlfriend. He loves her, but he's never spoken to her. And he just like he lives vicariously through me speaking to her all the time. So I remember when he was like, Steffi followed me on Twitter. I was like, <laughs> I mean, congrats. She's literally a fan of me. But like, okay,
2: <laughs> I. Text Sarah constantly <laughs> with random stuff, like, hey, Sarah, I just wanted to mention this in this, or I saw this bird, yeah. I wanted to show it to you. Oh, yeah, Steffi
0: sent me birds. She <laughs> went. She once made me cry hysterically, because she happened to just, like, send what? me, she sent me a picture of a robin, and I was like, oh. oh, yeah, that's really funny, that was my grandmother's favorite bird, and it was, like, right around the anniversary of her death, and she was just like, oh, no. <laughs> And I just cried a lot at a picture of a bird. So if you want to know how easy it is to make me cry, just I'm sorry. Just find an emotionally significant bird and send it to me.
1: If you want to know how easy it is to make Sarah cry, they literally cried during our last D&D session because the dungeon master, their husband, Brandon... <laughs> Killed a one-off character that they had become attached to and wanted to keep as a pet, basically.
0: No, as like a buddy. (laughs) He was my friend.
1: And uh, he was killed. And they literally cried over it. He wasn't just killed.
0: He was turned into a burning hole in the ground. There was nothing left of him.
1: It was so bad that when we went to camp for the night, Brandon literally made up a little spider bat creature that was like the reincarnation of the dead kid so that he could hang out with Sarah.
0: I did cry a lot at that. I felt really bad because it was the only D&D session that Steffi came to and I just like cried the whole time.
2: That doesn't usually happen. I It was fun, but afterwards uh, Emmy asked me like, eh, did you like it? And I was like, yeah, it was fun, but I didn't really do anything. I was just sitting there basically. And I mean, it was still fun. I, I just thought that I hope nobody thought I was weird because I was just sitting there like, hmm. Yay. Fun. It's
1: normal when you're first that's learning. First, the,
0: your first session is almost always, you're just sitting there, like, not really knowing what to do, which is totally fine, you know? I mean, you're the only one in the group who has managed to date someone in the campaign. So, I mean, you got that going for you.
1: Congratulations. <laughs>
0: Yay! Anyway, uh, that's been us. We will be back next week with the first... I guess, 80 pages of Schools Out Forever. What? 9-11. Oh, my God. We will be back next time with the first 80 or so pages of Schools Out Forever. And I say next week. It might be next week. It might be the week after that. We're currently aiming for specifically bi-weekly, but we will do weekly if we can um, until things kind of settle down a little bit on our ends. Uh, Thank you so much for sticking with us. We'll see you next time. Steffi, thank you so much for being on the episode. It's been so much
1: fun.
2: Thanks for having me. It was so fun.
1: Love you. Have a good trip to, to your new college. You're taking, uh, you, I assume you're you taking have, her, yeah, to you ha- you have to her to
2: the airport. You have to drive me to the airport. quiet. Okay, I will I'll walk. say,
0: hey, have some fun at your trip to your new university. Um, I can't wait to see you again, if that is when you come back next time or any time after that. Um, and, yeah, that's us.
1: Bye.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes.